Hi, we are Mel and Josie, and we're here to tell you that no matter how much it feels like you are screwing up every single part of your goddamn life, actually, you're doing great, sweetie. so good at this do you mean clapping or just podcasting in general both really both. <laughs> hi hello <laughs> we're just talking about how we have to clap at the beginning of every episode because um it syncs up the audio so you can figure out how to sync up the audio and then we decided to just roll straight into the episode yeah while we were why telling not? ourselves how good we are at it <laughs> why bloody not if that's um, my win for the day that's my win for the day <laughs> Clapping in synchronized clap. Perfect unison. I will take it. Synchronized clapping should be part of the Olympics in twenty twenty four. We would win gold for Australia. Only the only bright spark of my isn't it? Yeah. I every day at about eleven a.m. I move my whole self to the lounge room, (laughs) set myself up on the couch with my laptop, and I'm sort of like working, emailing, writing, whatever. And then, like, pause, watch it, watch a race, go back to it. Yeah. And sometimes it's just in the background. Like, I also even like watching, like, the semis and stuff, even when Australia's not in it, just in the background. It's just so Yeah, it's enjoyable. just nice to have, like, something on. I'm, like, I work in the lounge room. I work at my kitchen table. And 11 a.m. is obviously Gladys Berejiklian mm-hmm. press conference time. <laughs> but the other day at 11.40, I had Gladys and Kerry droning on in the background and then someone's like Ariane's racing <laughs> Ariane Titmus yeah. and I'm like fuck and I changed the channel and then I fully went like I turned into her coach and was like humping the air yeah this is so stale I realized because we have another episode to put out before this this is the most stale conversation so but stale. The most I was stale. like humping the air and I'm going swim faster like Ariane <laughs> can hear me in Tokyo underwater from yeah. my house in Sydney. <laughs> but she did. She came from the clouds and she won. She really so did. Good. I was doing the same, but also I was FaceTiming dad watching a race at some point. And it was like very triggering for me because my dad, when we were kids, was so aggressive with his sideline commentary. He was literally Titmus's <laughs> coach. Like he would like run up and down the side of the netball court and be like, you know, like focus up and in, you know, get back, Melissa, get back, you know, jump, hands up. Up, hands up, you know, and like really the, obvious advice too. Really like, obvious, defense. Like, like no shit, Dad. I'm gonna put my hands up, you know. No shit. I know she's gone backwards. I just literally don't have the fitness energy to run after her. Yeah, and um, and it was funny because often with netball, I find it's a lot of like the mums are there. It's like a very mm. like netball mm-hmm. was. I think it's changed, but it was a very female only sport, yes. which is so sexist now the- that I think about it. Late nineties, early yeah. 2000s. But now is definitely way more like, like especially yeah, as well, so many mixed, mixed games and stuff. But dad was like one of the only dads that used to go. And my mom's yeah. not like that. Like mom's not a, like she'll yell if she gets excited, but she's not like run up and down the side of the court and like go check <laughs> the score. Like he would go over and oh, check the score and it's some like God. fucking 12-year-old scoring. <laughs> and he's like, oh, can I please 
like have a look at the score and they're probably so fucking scared. Oh my God, scared they were so anyway. scared. They added like five goals to your team's thing just because yes. I was scared of him. But I was so triggered because he was doing that in the middle doing of it. the race and he's like, <laughs> he's like saying things like, come on, come on, lengthen the strokes. And I'm like, you don't even know swimming, dad. Like you don't yes, even know what. They're pacing themselves. <laughs> you don't even know swimming terms. Like is lengthening the strokes even a thing that they should be doing? Like <laughs> Her coach is there yelling oh, out, Bill shorten Mason. your strokes. Yeah. And he's like, lengthen them. <laughs> <laughs> My dad came to netball as well. That's funny. Yeah, it was like my mum never came. I think she came to my grand final. Mm-hmm. I didn't start netball until I was um, – we've had this conversation because mm. we've played netball together, but I didn't start till year nine, which mm. I don't know about Sydney, but in Newcastle that is very late. Oh, in Newcastle late. you're basically pushed six. out of the yep. womb. Like Rosa should be playing netball yes, now. Yes, she can't exactly. even walk, but she should be playing netball. <laughs> And, and I when the ball's like as big as your nine. body. <laughs> yes. And Aww. so it was very late and mum was just like, cool, but dad would come every weekend and he was our official scorer because each team had a scorer and they would compare the scores at the end. Oh, that's very yeah. competitive. There was actually a controversial incident in oh, the, really? the grand final where we went to extra time twice yeah. Because we were tied. This was my first ever grand final. I can oh God, still that remember. Is so, that gives me anxiety just you telling and me And then, <laughs> then their official scorer, and this was Katara South, who were really good and they were like the number one team all season and we were the underdogs. Mm. Their official scorer was one of their dads. Oh. And he was like, oh, wait, actually we've got 22 goals and Adamstown only have 21. Oh, my God, get fucked. After two times of extra time. That's bullshit. We'll That's we'll bullshit. Rub. You can't just I say want a that. rematch. <laughs> the year 2000 netball grand final. Yeah. <laughs> 21 years later, I want a rematch. <laughs> You're like calling around every single player that was there. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe I just dredged up that painful memory. Uh-huh. That came from like a funny, my dad was the scorer, to like a really dark memory for me. I have some dark netball I'm memories. To end this podcast now (laughs) just go and cry sport is like hardcore like okay like not to get hell serious and I think I'll definitely want to do an episode around this at some point but literally with my psychologist who I've worked with since I was like you know like I've been worked with psychs since I was 20 and one of the Mm. most common themes that comes up is and my dad meant so well like he did yeah (laughs) is my fear of failure um, and perfectionism because he was so passionate about yes. us playing and he was so passionate about the sport that I then took on his, yes. like, you know, excitement. So when he when we did good, I was happy because dad was proud of me. When we did yeah. bad, I would decide, like, even though he wasn't not proud of me, like, I would yeah. really take it to heart because I would yeah, be like, like too I'd hard let my almost. father down. Oh. <laughs> Just some childhood trauma there, guys. Just a little oh. childhood trauma for the morning. <laughs> so this episode's all about um, netball's dark memories. <laughs> We really should do that. We should do us. Okay. I feel like we need to stop talking about netball now and do an episode. (laughs) Yes. No more netball giveaways. I'm going to deep dive into my defense, why I'm a defense. Yes. Oh, God. psychological shit in that. (laughs) That time, I've got like times, I'm not going to know. I'm not going to say it. Don't say it. Because I have really good stories. (laughs) And also, you once wrote a story for Pedestrian, which was. 
like what your position says about you, mm-hmm. which is, was so funny and so bang on and such a good psychological exploration. So I say we dredge <laughs> that up Let's and we it up. and we do a deep dive onto all the positions. Great done. Coming coming to your ear ear hole soon, guys. Yeah, this is oh, how the magic way. happens. You know, we just have a chat and then we realize everything is content. Yes. <laughs> Everything that's, is content. That's, that's us. All you need to know if you want to get into journalism, that's, that's it. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Your life is content. Everything. Um, but I was also <laughs> going to tell you, I've never done so much washing in my whole life as I have this Yes. <laughs> I don't know where it's coming from. So I always loved, my number one thing about work from home that I loved was mm. how much washing I could get done. <laughs> Yes. Because otherwise During you the used week. to have to well you used yeah. to have to wait till the weekend and then it's like, well, sucks to and be if it was if raining. It rained. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you know how we had those like rainy weeks in yes. lockdown? The first couple of weeks were really rainy. Yeah. And so I feel like maybe I have a bit of a like fear that we're gonna suddenly have a rainy <laughs> week. So I must yeah. do every day, I must wash whatever is in the basket. But yeah. and also Tom's living with me, so there's like boy things as well. But he yeah. honestly it's nothing. It's like a a pair of undies every couple of days, which is possibly alarming now that I think about it. But <laughs> I think he just hoards them and then like puts them all in at once. But basically, I've been doing washing every day, and it's it's quite a lot. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, yeah. I don't I don't feel like I wore that many track pants in like 24 hour period, and like, no, why have I got four pairs of undies like, <laughs> to wash? Surely you should be like wearing that pair of track pants. This is what I've been doing until yeah. there's like. A sta- like a mark because I wear black only. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm very specific about my leisure wear. <laughs> black only and because Rose is gross, I'll get like a bit of wheat bix on them or something and then I'm like, okay, that's yuck. But I can usually stretch them to two or three days. Yeah, Before right. they start getting really manky. So I'm I like, mean, I, I feel like I'm doing less washing. Wow, okay. I'm wearing this like maybe 2.5 pairs of track pants throughout yeah. the week. <laughs> <laughs> but with a baby, I think okay, I'm definitely you have to wash every, every single day, day without fail on my jumper. I will get a stain, and yes, it's usually jumpers, the most annoying yeah. stain. It'll either be turmeric from that turmeric drink I'm obsessed yep. with, or it'll be like oily spaghetti sauce. Yes, like I get curry. a lot of oil. Yeah, olive oil <laughs> always. Annoying. So that the jumper I understand, but yeah. what I don't understand is like where all the extra pairs of undies are because I'm wearing one pair a day. So I don't know where my yeah. extra undies come from. And then I do feel like I've gotten very obsessed with wearing a fully clean outfit every day. So I think that explains why I'm constantly washing leggings yes, or trackies okay. because I'm yeah. like, no, fresh new day, fresh, fresh new day. That was me at the start. Now I'm 2.5 track pants a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, doing Why five? ruin the Groundhog Day experience <laughs> by creating a new outfit when I could wear one Now I'm yesterday. like, new top, same pants, unless Rose's wee picks. But like Rose's daycare clothes, our basket will be empty for like a day and then it's full of Rose's clothes. Yeah, well, she's a baby. Babies are so gross and Julian cannot have washing there. Like he's constantly washing obsessed with it um so yeah in our house it's like it's either like builds up to nearly being my height or it's just like julian is like you and just constantly washing like doing loads at night and doing loads in the morning before he goes to work i'm like 
relaxed. I find it really soothing though. Like I actually do find the process of it quite soothing, like making a tea because it's like spray the clothes, spray all the stains, put all the washing into the washing machine, put it on, go get it out, hang it on the line. And that's a little bit of sunshine time, a little bit of outdoors time. a little bit of fresh air. Yeah. So maybe that's why I'm so obsessed with it is because it's like very methodical and it's very like I get my little Results driven. Results driven. And then when everything's crispy dry, because I don't use a dryer. Um, no, me Which neither. is a holdover from my mum, definitely. Everyone, it's like there's an amazing Mamma Mia article that I will put in the group, uh, which is the yep. Facebook group, if you didn't know what that was. Oh, yes. Find us. You're, You're doing, doing great, sweetie. sweetie. Um, it's the name of it. a million years old. I am obsessed mm. with it. I always return <laughs> to it because the time I found it, I think my sister found it first, and she was like, have you seen this? And then she shared it with me. And it's about all the weird things that you do because you thought they were normal because you grew up with them. Like we put our um, grated cheese in the freezer. We've always done that. That's what my mum taught us. And the theory is that it prevents it from going moldy earlier and you can keep it for ages. But, like, other people are like, what? Why have you got your cheese in the freezer? And so I think the dryer thing is also a holdover from my mom who was just so anti-dryers and it wasn't even an environmental thing I think it was literally a financial thing mm. um but I'm just like in my head dryers shrink everything they mm. will ruin all my clothes everything must go outside on the line etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah my mom's the opposite she'll literally dry everything 400 times <laughs> she's obsessed with the dryer I just don't use it because it. I don't have I just I don't have one <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but if I had one, I would very simple use it. reason. Very simple. <laughs> but there is a new one of those cute little new kind of trendy laundromats on the corner where everything's oh, like cute and I nice, and you just like tap your phone. And when we did have those rainy weeks, we would just take all Rose's daycare crap up there, and they're big jumbo dryers. Like, yeah, I love them. Julie and I could fit in there both of us and you so could be like just, the next final destination movies like yes, someone getting put we into the fall dryer. in um so that was great for like roses crap and like sheets and towels mm-hmm. but yeah i would never put my clothes in there because my brother one too many times when helping mum out would just shove everything in the dryer and shrink all of my band tees and i never yeah. forgave him yeah so yeah i've got the f- i've got a slight fear of it but i feel like socks and undies and sheets and towels a good in the dryer. Oh, if 100%. I had one, I would use it for that. I just don't have one because money yeah. and because our laundry, this is really boring, but our laundry is under our bedroom and we'd mm. need like a fancy one to take the heat away. You need like a heat pump dryer and they're like yes. really expensive. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So, no, not happening. Um, speaking of noise near my house, mm-hmm. just as I sat down to, like, do this call, I feel like you learn so much about your neighbours in lockdown. Yes, yes. And I have learned that this, not really my neighbour because he's not in my building. It's like the building kind of like not even next door. It's kind of like two doors down. Mm. But his garage is close to us. Anyway. Whatever. He gets in that garage and just plays the worst music. Like he has this really bad <laughs> tasty music. And I've never heard the music before. It's not something familiar to me. It's not like he Yeah, I was gonna ask, what is this bad music? It's just this really generic kind of indie sounding music and a guy kind of wailing. At first I thought it was him singing, <laughs> like he was jamming down there. You're like, this is so bad. It sounds like an amateur It singer. sounds amateur. But then when I went for a walk, lunchtime walk the other day, 
he was just kind of working on something like, you know, men with their garages. I don't even know what he was they working on. They love it. But he, it was like he was listening to this awful music of a man that sounded like a cat stuck in a fence. And it's just like I respect your choice to listen yeah. to awful music, but why do I have to listen to it? Yes. This is my thought. Why yes. does the whole street need to hear this? It's just yes. like turn it down. You can still hear it. Put your AirPods in and do your work in the garage. We don't all need to hear this amateur indie. It sounded like the kooks, but like if the kooks were awful and had a really bad singer, <laughs> really bad drummer, <laughs> terrible lyrics and terrible melodies, but that kind of vibe. <laughs> and he chooses to listen to this. And he chooses. It's, I don't understand. It's making me judge him really hard. Yeah, maybe it's his And I'm band. also like, I hope you guys can't hear it because it was playing just before when we were recording. I'm like, I mean, this I always hope that people would hear it. <laughs> maybe one day I'll take the <laughs> microphone out there. <laughs> and all our listeners will be like, uh, guys, that's the schmooks and they're an amazing band. Like I yeah. can't believe you would say they oh sound God. amateur. You guys are so uncool. <laughs> and we say, <laughs> sorry, yeah, we I just listen uncool. to Cold Chisel. <laughs> Sorry, I have bad music taste, apparently. (laughs) Sorry, I listen to the classics only. Yeah, pub pub rock only over here. Um, Pub rock only. So. Yeah. What are we talking about today if we're not talking about netball's dark memories? Which we will talk about. Yeah. Today we are talking about, so we did a thread in you're doing great sweetie Facebook group and we asked you guys basically what would you like us to talk about because we there's just you can talk about fucking anything on this show really I could start talking to you about such a general such a general theme yeah I could honestly (laughs) find some way to talk about throw pillows and how I managed to fuck my life up in relation to throw pillows actually I can already tell you right now put it on the list (laughs) (laughs) I'm like literally here I go (laughs) I can never. I always have too many or not enough. But anyway, oh, that's a is that side. not that is such a mood though. We should do like interiors and the interiors. endless struggle to be like. Don't aesthetic. start me. Oh my god! Don't start me on artwork and like my constant like I have like indecision about artwork the way I do about tattoos. Like I have one tattoo which was a yeah. rogue decision made in a very low point of my life, but I like it. Thank God. Yeah. But um. Uh, every time I go to get another tat, I'm like, I can't decide. Can't and do it's the it. same with art in my house, but art you can get rid of. Like, why? You can literally throw it into the ocean it's if so you don't like easy. it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Anyway, that's a whole episode. Not for now. What we're talking about today is mm. making friends as an adult, uh, mm. which we both have experience with, I feel. And many people suggested it in this yes. thread. And it so, is bloody hard work, guys. And I feel like I went through this really bad time with it and I learned mm, a lot of lessons, which I will pass mm-hmm. on in this episode over the course of the episode. But um, as you know, I was in church for a long time. Don't know how many times this has come up this season. Every episode, maybe? <laughs> Every episode, but we'll never get a full episode on no, it. No, now I feel like I'll just tease That one you. day we'll get the episode <laughs> and people keep listening for that reason. <laughs> Yeah, it'll never come. (laughs) So I left church when I was, I feel like I'm just giving you tidbits as I go. I left church when I was 23, maybe 24. And Mm -hmm. when I left, I lost all my friends from church in part Mm. because I couldn't handle like 
you know, I, it was too triggering for me to hang out with them and they were still, yeah. you know, very embedded in the church, but also in part because some people just fucking hated me after that and thought I was a demon. So mm. <laughs> it was a mix of reasons, but the point being I lost all my friends except for my sister and mm. I'd lost all my friends from high school because I had drifted away over 10 years, you know, obviously with yes, church. Yes. I never made friends in uni because I was so invested in the church. I was like a worship leader and a youth leader and working in the church office. Like I just didn't hang out at uni. I just did my classes and went yeah. home. So yeah. by the time I was 24, I had no friends, but I was also mm. just craving this like exciting social life that I felt I'd missed out on. So I really mm. wanted to be like you know, going and getting drunk and going to the club and, like, going for after-work drinks and, like, going on little vacays with my friends and whatever, and I just didn't have any of that. And I really had to – I had kind of two choices. I could sit and be kind of defeatist about it and go, well, I can't make any friends now. Everyone's friended up. You know, everyone's got their (laughs) high school or their uni friends, you know. That's it. Or I couldn't actively try to make friends and – that was kind of what I did. Um, and I'll run, in, I'll go into that soon, but I was going to say you probably have a similar experience because you moved from Newcastle to Sydney. Yes, and actually similar age yeah. group. So, like, when you were saying that, I was just like, oh, my God, we we're around the same age when we hit that kind of slump. Mine was more of a, yeah, from moving, I was in, like, an in-between kind of phase. So moved to Sydney when I was 22. Um, and I had finished like my first degree and I was doing postgrad and yeah, I met, actually made a f- couple of friends in that postgrad. It was just like tw- twice a week after work and I worked at David Jones and I got put into this department with all these old people who I love. My best friend at David Jones was 72 years old. Oh my name God, was Chris. <laughs> she was a legend, but I also made this other friend there and she was kind of my first Sydney friend my age. Mm. But then I finished that degree. I got my first job in the media, met my friend Amber mm-hmm. and she was my kind of my work friend, but my best friend, Al, who I had been friends with since year nine when she moved to my school, she was still in Newcastle and I just had this new friendship with Amber but then she moved to another magazine and then I moved to another magazine and I had kind of drifted away from going into the media from that David Jones friend. Mm. Um, And so I was in this in-between phase where I was kind of like, like, had this kind of burgeoning friendship with Amber, I guess. We've been friends for a couple of years, like a year and a half. I was about 25. I just met Julian. And I remember I started at Clio magazine and I went to see the movie Bridesmaids. Mm. And it's so funny. I still love that movie. But at the end I was crying like heaps and Julian was like, what's wrong? And I was like, it just kind of hit me that I could not cobble together four Bridesmaids Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I've got Al, my bestie, who's probably my Kate. Like she is like next level yeah. friend. Like she's like a sister to me. Um, but it was like, you know, I just kind of met Amber. I wouldn't be like, hey, be my bride. It wasn't like I was engaged or anything, but I just thought if I was getting married tomorrow, like I couldn't even cobble together these. F- and I'd always had so many friends. I'd made friends everywhere I went. But moving to a new city, even though it's two hours away, you know, you'd, I definitely drifted apart from some people and that was fine. Never drifted apart from Al. We always mm. stayed in touch and I always visited and she ended up moving here. But, yeah, there was just this in-between phase and I just started at Clio. I ended up making really good friends there. But it was just this awful phase where I was like, I don't have, like, 
best mates mm. and it's hard when you're in a new city and I was the same as you. I wanted to go and do the fun things, working in the media, working at a women's mag finally, you know, wanting to do all those fun things and have those fun experiences but just feeling like I didn't ha- I had friends but not like those besties. And they were all at that level where it's like, in the context of what you're doing, that that's your friend. But how do yes. you then transition that into a friend yes. that you hang out with on the weekend and you see after work or whatever? Yes. And that's what yeah. I found too because I made my friends through media as well. So I think our first tip is <laughs> make friends with your work colleagues. <laughs> yes, It's the number absolutely. one place that I've met. All of my really close friends now are yeah. hinged on netball, weirdly, which I'll talk about later. Yeah. Yes, we'll definitely work. talk about sport. Like, Everybody yeah. that I am close to now, besides my sister, is connected to either a workplace or netball. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's the number one, the first, the first like kind of thing that you should do if you're like completely adrift. Because a lot of people, it's like moving cities. It can be just falling out with a different group. Also, mm-hmm. a big, big, big one in your 30s, I think, is changing lifestyles. Like if you, for example, like yeah. I don't have kids, you have mm. kids, you do not mm. live the same lifestyle as me mm. because you can't, right? And I like we still hang out, we still socialise, I love to come and see you. We'll go out sometimes still without yeah. kids and it's still the same friendship. But naturally mm. your life, you have a, a whole different set of like priorities Yes, are different to mine. So naturally, you know, if, if you're the friend in a friendship group and everyone's had kids or everyone's mm. gotten into relationships is another one, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. can feel like, well, I don't have this, this friendship group has changed and I want to stay friends with them, but I also need other friends now and how do yes, I make those to, other friends? Yeah, to fulfill like other needs of yeah, yours exactly. and vice versa. And exactly. And like Kate, like you said, like your Al is yours and Kate is mine. She's my best friend, like really like at this point in my life I think if I got married I would just have her and that's Mm. it um Mm. as a bridesmaid because she's the one constant and like for most things I can rely on her for them but then exactly like I you still want other friends in your life you still want other people that you like relate to on different things there's stuff I talk to you about that I don't really talk to Kate about or like she wouldn't really yes. get on the same level yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, and we have different conversations. She, you have a different sense of humour to her so we can laugh about di- different things. You know, you, you yeah. want a group or not. And, and that's another thing, actually, a group. I craved a group for so long. Yes, I really wanted a yeah. group and I never had it. And I don't think you have to, but it's funny no, because now I yeah. do. And it took years to have a yes. group and I, I really want to talk about making that group because I reckon they could all agree that I hinge, I am the hinge that You're brought the, that all together. It's called the, um, the linchpin. The, the linchpin. Yeah. The group. I, because I think I so badly wanted it and I love bringing friends together, which I think also yes. everybody knows. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, but going way back because I think I jumped way ahead with the mm. work thing. This was what I found hard as well because when I started in media, I made friends with two people from Take 5 magazine, Eliza (laughs) and Jaleesa, and we were probably the three youngest in our office because Take 5 is like a bit of an older title. So naturally a lot of the women that worked on it were sort of, you know, in relationships or like, you know, in their 30s had kids and we were like mid-20s and we just wanted to like go out all the time. And so we started to become friends. And mm. I think actually, to be fair, I think Eliza was the one 
who maybe organized the first like after work drinks. Yes, which is like a first date almost. It's so like, oh my God. I was so excited and I was like, what top am I going to wear? And And it's like as simple as that. I think a lot of the time your work friends, and you, I mean, you tell me how you feel about this, but Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the time, if you're getting along like mates at work, that's mm-hmm. naturally going to flow into a drinks or dinner situation. Yes, yeah. And someone just needs to bring it up. And Be ask. the person, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like dating where you've just got to, like, have the guts to do it. I was really lucky that my first day, Amber came up to me and said, hey, we watch um, Top Model every lunchtime, um, well, every Monday <laughs> lunchtime. Do you want to come and watch it? And I was like, yeah, okay. And my mom, I told my mom, and she was like, well, you better take some lollies. <laughs> so I like, oh, mom. took some lollies and they were all like, oh, my God, sweet lollies. And Amber is like you where she is really inclusive. She had this really big group of friends from uni and then a mutual friend had introduced his high school friends. That's my friend George that you have met. Mm-hmm. He came from, so Amber had this big group of men and women who were like really good mates and like brought me along to things and I met other people through her and she was very like that but she like made the first move yes yeah and I really I appreciate it to this day we are still really good friends Mm -hmm. and now she is obviously bridesmaid material as one of her bridesmaids which ticked a life goal for me (laughs) but it's like it just took that approaching me and it meant so much to me and it just takes that breaking the ice. And like you say, you spend your best hours of your day like at work. Mm-hmm. And if you are vibing like sense of humor-wise or you have a lot of – I think with you and me, we are similar age. So we ha- mm-hmm. our pop culture references are very on point because I now work with a lot of young people, which I know you yes. do as well. Yes. And they're like – one of them today said, I didn't know Lily Collins was Phil Collins' daughter. Oh, and I dear. was just like – Oh, dear. <laughs> Like when she came out a few years ago and was like the thing, it was all, this is Phil Collins' daughter. Yeah. <laughs> but these people who are 10 years younger than me missed that. Mm. Lily Collins just exists. Yeah. And like we saw her emerge as like a star. So it's just like finding that person that you've got those common interests with. It won't feel forced because you've already got that. It's just works brought you together and it just takes that person and you can be the amber or the Mel and be like, oh, like you said, maybe it was Eliza that was like, let's yes. have a drink or let's yes. watch this show at lunch or yes. do you watch this? Want to talk about it? It just yeah. takes that person. You just got to ask it and you'll. there's yeah. no way you're going to get a rejection. It's different to dating in the sense that it's not, there's not so many high stakes. Like if yeah. you're getting along with your work friend enough to like, chat in the day and like yeah have, you know have the have lunch together maybe yeah once or twice. go get coffee can, yeah you'll definitely be able to go get a drink just be on like a hard day just be like do you want to go get a wine tonight yes and if yes, they're like oh, fuck, i one. can't tonight they're probably going to be like but we could go like another night this week or whatever yeah um yeah and i think that's really how i've made all of my friends. And then nowadays I am very excited about friends. I love meeting new people. I love meeting new people that I that I enjoy as a person. And I'm always like, oh, my God, we need to do this thing. It's usually too chaotic. It's like, let's go for a weekender. Let's go, <laughs> let's go like, watch this movie and you can come to my house. And this is when I was, like, living with my parents or something. Like, it's chaos. But, but I, I just do it because I'm like, I don't know, I just like – if I like somebody, like, as a mate – yeah. I 
am just like, I'll just go for it because you don't meet that many people you genuinely no. like. And it's hard. And I think because I think it's because you went through the experience of not having friends. Yeah. That now you don't want other people to go through that experience. So that's yeah. what's made you focused on that and wanting to be inclusive and wanting to have friends. And I think yeah. that that's you've taken that as a learning and now you're actively working against that, doing the opposite and putting yourself out there. And Yeah. And I think I think for me, like the thing that hurts me the most when I see it with people is like loneliness. Like I just think loneliness is the most yeah. awful feeling. And mm-hmm. Often it's probably one of the easiest things to flip. And I think another bit of advice I would give to people is don't be too picky because I think sometimes the reason we're like, oh, I can't make friends as an adult is that we just go, oh, none of these people are my type of person. Like you move to a new yes. country or you move to a new town or you go start a new job and you're like, none of these people is my person. I have so many friends that are like, they're not necessarily my person that I want to spend like constant hours and hours with but there are things about them that are it's enjoyable like even sometimes just the act of socializing with somebody else is like obviously don't hang out with a demon but like (laughs) but there are so many people like I have friends that are like the polar opposite of me like yes yeah reserved not like blah 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 you know like very (laughs) serious and it's not I would say we're not like besties but we have there's it's enjoyable to spend time with them yeah. when I do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but then it's funny, Josie, because I think I've told you this before, but I knew we were going to be friends. I have this <laughs> gift. I have a gift. And my gift is multiple times in my life I have known of somebody through mm. a friend of a friend or a mutual friend or something, like usually industry-related. It's like this person that works in media. Like Josie was quite well-known in media when I was – doing this <laughs> and she also worked at like with a lot of people that I knew yes and so her name many mutual the time and then she always looked fun in photos and I remember looking stalking <laughs> her Instagram thinking she seems like a fucking good time and I would just be like I'm gonna be friends with that girl it will happen and then when Eventually. you started I think I think we met at a beauty event one time and I was just like yes blah, 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 blah. and, was, and I, Bieber Island as well yes, there was Bieber, Bieber Island. Island the Justin Bieber concert yes. and then there was a a beauty like uh, breast cancer awareness yes. where we wore pink. Yes. And that's, yes. yes. They're the like two times I can remember meeting you. But I feel yeah. like you didn't meet me when I was a good time. Like you met me when I was in my 30s and I was like, I'm going home to bed. Bye. <laughs> like, every time we finish work. <laughs> I know, but I just knew as a person that we would get along. Yes. And I was right. And this has happened a few times. And then usually when that happens, I mean, Joe, you're a bit of a different example because I think we met. And you were like, we worked together. You were my boss. So it was like, well, naturally we're going to become friends in some capacity. But then, um, and then obviously we fell into podcasting and here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I've had heaps of other friends. I had a girl that I used to be, I'm actually not friends with her anymore, which is sad and a whole other story. Not the time about losing for our friends. sequel, losing friends. We should do that because that's really yes, fucking hard. We work. should. Yes. Okay. Sequel to this is losing friends. Yeah. Um, and which will also be recorded. We way should be too writing. Early. We should be <laughs> writing all this down. Not everything we said. <laughs> Could someone recap for us in the group? Someone recap the podcast. Just do tell some us notes. what we have to do. <laughs> like, um, we need a producer, like writing the shit down. I know. God, the dream. <laughs> a producer. Um. But she was another one where I was just like, I want to be friends with that person. And by this point, I think I'd, I'd been, I was just had no shame with 
Yes. Because I've never had, I've honest to God, never had a full fail with trying to be friends with somebody. The only things would be overseas, drunk mm. or whatever, like at a New Year's <laughs> party. Oh, my God, we should hang out when you're in Sydney. Oh, my God, call me if you ever come to Sydney. That's the only time I think that I've, inverted commas, yes. failed, where people <laughs> then do not call me when they come to Sydney. Also, and then that's you just see natural. the being yeah. in Sydney. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, fuck you. But honestly, I, I cannot think of a time where I've said, let's get drinks or let's do this thing and it's backfired because – Unless you're cold doing it, like you're cold calling, but friendship asking. (laughs) Like you've already got the vibe and it's not like dating. It's not, there's no pressure. There's no intensity because you can have so many friends. You can only have really one person that you date if you're monogamous. So, you know, I think with dating, it's a lot, there's a lot more high stakes because the the potential for a no is a lot higher and reading signals is difficult. But with a friend, it's just like. Who doesn't want to go for a fucking drink at some point? Yeah. Just ask. Totally. Just ask. But just ask. in the context, okay, because this is the other thing. Don't do it on, like, Instagram or something weird. Like, I think it needs to be, oh, actually, that is a lie because I have a few friends that I've made on Instagram. <laughs> and Yeah. And, it can, but again, I feel like it's wherever you're already chatting, right? So yes. if that's on your work chat. Or like I remember Amber and I were big on emails. Yes. Because <laughs> we didn't have like oh my a chat God, emails. thing. Remember we, when, when they we worked were the together? Facebook messenger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like if you're on Messenger or you're in the work kitchen, you always chat in the work kitchen. Like it's however mm. you chat, just like work that into convo. Yeah. It's not weird. I guess the perfect example is like we've both followed it's almost the same as an Instagram DM for dating. We've both followed each other. Yes. And then conversation has actually started up it hasn't just been that we follow each other and that's it and the conversation has like continued i think that to create an instagram friendship it has to be two-sided yeah such a specific type of friend no (laughs) no they're good friends to have and i think right now it's hard to strike up a conversation in the work kitchen because we're in lockdown. So yeah. maybe you are just chatting exactly. to people on Instagram. Exactly, yeah, all remote. Online friends. Yeah. And, like, a good example where it did actually happen was, again, like I was um, my friend April who is on Neighbours. She followed me and I followed her back. Um, I didn't really know her. And then we started, like, chatting, I think, off the back of just Instagram stories and stuff. And I think it may may have been the Midnight Sun, the Twilight Midnight Sun or something. (laughs) Anyway, and now we're totally actual friends. We go to dinner when she's in town. If I go to Melbourne, I'll see her. And that. um, But it was really natural. And I think that's the key is if you want to make an actual Instagram friend, like, it's not like that initial chat. It's, It's do you just continue to naturally talk Mm. Are you vibing as friends um, because I think it can tip over into like you're just harassing somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely and I've has done to be two-sided. <laughs> yeah, read the you room. Have to, yeah, you have to read the room. That's the perfect example, I think. Like you're going to have your Instagram people where you follow each other and you're like interested in each other's lives for whatever reason, but mm. you're not going to be friend friends. And then you're going to have the ones where you genuinely want to be friend friends. And I think it's pretty you can tell. You can really tell. Yes. So I think that's yeah. where that was going, that whole Yes. Side it's track. like chemistry. It's like when you go on a date. It's the same yeah. as chemistry. It's like and don't friendship you think this chemistry. And why talking about making friends as adults is hard because it always sounds romantic or sexual, but it's not. Like the same yeah. things. It's the same. 
get out there, put yourself out there, like approach someone, strike up a conversation. And then it sounds weird and and not creepy, but it sounds weird and romantic, which is fine if Mm. you are, you know, interested romantically in that person and they are interested romantically in you or yeah but we are talking platonic friendships yeah we're talking about people that you just like as a person yeah i think so and and look now i think like the netball thing and the sport Mm. thing which i think you said you you had an example for too was that my group that i have now is all interconnected between pedestrian when i worked at pedestrian Mm because my friend Alex and my friend Mitch are the first people I met when I worked there and we've stayed mm-hmm. really good friends ever since. And netball, because I started a netball team and a girl called Amy who now lives in England, she brought her friend Amy and mm. Amy, that Amy brought her work colleague Jenna and yeah. then we all became friends. Yeah. And now our group is all little offshoots from me from amy from mitch from like my group is literally it's like me alex and mitch come from pedestrian mitch's Mm. best friend jack comes into it (laughs) jack's friend john then jenna is connected through netball then there's her friend brendan there's her, (laughs) her and amy's friend sam his partner katie like it gets so like chaotic <laughs> yeah. but it's all interconnected off a social yeah. thing netball and a yeah. workplace and just people that really all vibed together quite well um, yeah and if is, people you know, are happy to have their worlds collide and yeah. like invite people and bring their friends and like share their friends then it can be such a like this sounds really wanky but like a organic beautiful way to meet people because you're meeting friends of friends and then you vibe with them like that happened like I was saying Amber had a really big group and I made really good friends with Rochelle who you know and yes my friend Jono and George and like all these people who I had met through Amber and then Mm. had my own friendships with and Amber wasn't precious about that at all and and when Al moved to Sydney I was just like okay bringing Al along to everything so now she has her own friendships with Amber and lived with George for years and like met him through me and Amber and just like it all just starts to branch out and it's like you make one friend at work but you're potentially making 10 new friends like really it could expand like that I do have one just funny tidbit that I thought of (laughs) (laughs) ages ago in this conversation but I ended up I said I ended up making good friends at Cleo and I'm still friends with this group, but I'm really good friends with Erin and a bunch of us went away for the weekend. I think there were like four of us, four of us. I can't count. Anyway, we went away after work one Friday and Mm. just went away like up the coast for the weekend and Erin was like, I've just really had so much fun with you guys. Like I have more fun with you than I have with my actual friends. (laughs) (laughs) And we just all like would not let her live it down. And she was like, even the next day, like we still say it to her, and this was in 2012. I feel like it was 2012 when this happened, and we still give a shit about it. And she's like, "I don't know why I said that because I actually didn't have any other friends." Like <laughs> she's like, like, not even. She started drifting know. from those other friends, and like we were her best friends. She's like, "I don't even know why I said that. Leave me alone." <laughs> oh, actual friends. Don't let me reveal my secret shame. Oh, I know God, it's so funny, but yeah, like I think um 
It's funny because from that Eliza and Jaleesa friendship, I then made friends with Kate, who you also work with now, and you also became friends with. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. And I was like, she Kate. Was, Kate. <laughs> Kate. Yes. Um, she was a fashion assistant when I was a fashion yes. assistant. So our yep. cupboards, like the, the fashion wardrobes at work were right next to each other. And then we ended up creating this sort of like strange Friday night drinks group that used to go out to Santa Barbara represent oh, R.I.P. God. Um, like every Friday night um, and it was this weird group of people from the building and like, you know, yeah. and that's the thing is like I think the, the the best advice is to take opportunities to hang out with people and I get mm. it, like there are people that have social anxiety and it's not at this easy, like it's not as easy no. as just, yeah. just go to drinks with people mm. you don't know and just have a hang out. Chat like, to them, it'll be fine. Yeah. Like that is like an insurmountable uh, obstacle for some yes. people. Yes, and I think... In that situation, that's where I think those sort of sport groups and social groups really help um, because you build a friendship during that time. There's a lot of, like, bonding that happens. Even church and, like, look, like, for me it wasn't a good experience, but I'm very much aware that some people, you know, religion is amazing for you and that was a huge And it's a great community and um, like-minded people and and supportive people. And yeah. for me, I wanted to add, because I had a few questions actually about it last year when I talked quite a lot about my mum's group on our other mm. podcast, mm. The Zest is History. I had people DMing me like, can you give me the details of your mum's group and things like that? And I was like, it's just the council one. Like when you have yeah. a baby, you get put into, I mean, you can kind of choose where you go, but basically these community mums groups and it's up to you guys to continue it you have a few sessions with like a nurse and you're all together in the same room and then you go and do your own thing then COVID hit so we only had two sessions in real life and then it moved to a zoom thing and I had a friend Rochelle who I just mentioned who had a baby around the same time but she was in like in a west so different council and she was like oh yeah it moved to zoom I just like didn't get much out of it and like I felt for her because that mum's group was everything to me last year, Mm. not only with COVID but just being like, yes, Amber has a kid but she's 15 months older than Rosa. So we're in different stages. Like Amber was back at work so we're in a different stage. I don't actually have that many mum friends. And Rochelle was in a west and I was eastern suburbs so we were not that close to each other geographically and then with lockdown we weren't really allowed to see each other. So it was just I needed those like-minded people. Like like you were saying way earlier in the podcast, you know, you you need certain friends that fulfill the needs that you have and yes. you have changing needs. So, yes, it's great to have your like best friend Al from high school, but Al doesn't have a baby. So there were certain things I needed from other friends and then mm. Al needed things from other friends because I am tied up with Rosa. So, you you need we don't need if you don't want to that's fine but I felt that I needed friends that would fulfill these new requirements yes absolutely and the advice that I gave anyone that asked me and Rochelle and then another friend that had a baby kind of six months after me and was like oh it's all on zoom I was like please I beg you to just give it a go because I managed to make really good friends in my mum's group um which you know mm-hmm. I've talked about them a lot and there was like a big mum's group of 20 and you, it's that whole thing of like you feel a bit bad to like start a side chat with one of them 
<laughs> you learn who your, your people are. And I remember talking to Beck on the side because she liked my favourite murder and so did I. And I kind of remember how it came up. We tentatively kind of chatted on the side and we felt guilty. And then I was like, we're allowed to talk. And I remember Al saying, it's it's like school. You're not going to be friends with every single person in your year. Yeah. Like you can chat to them and get along with them, but you're going to gravitate towards certain Someone, people. yeah, yeah. And, yeah, there ended up being a group of five of us that still chat like every day. We have a WhatsApp, we chat every day, we see each other regularly. And now I have those mum friends that I didn't have mm. within my existing circle of friends. Yes, um, yeah. They, our babies are literally weeks, if not days apart. Yeah. Three of the babies are like three days apart. So it's like couldn't get more of, you know, my experience. Like yeah. we're literally <laughs> living the same experience and that is so important. So if anyone's listening that's pregnant or is a new mum, there's there's Facebook groups, community mums groups on Facebook. Um, you know, it's hard right now in lockdown, but I would just urge you to put yourself out there virtually. Yes. Sometimes you can't do it um in real life, you can't like say, hey, want to watch Top Model <laughs> while you yeah. swing past someone's desk. Um, you, you have to put yourself out there on Zoom. And, yeah, it can be fucking awkward. But great things came out of it. And I yeah, I don't know what I would have done. Like I try to imagine like if I didn't give Zoom a go. I'm just so glad I did because I made five really good friends, four really good friends. I can't do maths. I'm the fifth person in the group. <laughs> you are the fifth friend. Rosa is my fifth friend. Rosa is your fifth. Oh, Rosa's now your friend, yes. But that's even like, you know, we on our other podcast, The Zest is History, we have like this really beautiful community of people and a lot of people that listen to this podcast are also um, listen to yes. that. You don't have to. We won't make you. No, if you don't want to <laughs> listen to could, Australian history, you don't too. have to. Yeah, but they really started to to do meetups and and yes because they're from all over Australia and and you know and and we've seen beautiful friendships come from that and obviously and yeah. I think that sometimes people are awkward about it in the same way they're awkward about dating apps in that they think that oh god what if this person's an axe murderer but really anyone yeah. could be an axe murderer anyone so yeah just you Ted know obviously Bundy had be a safe. best friend don't go to someone's fucking house just because yeah. they're saying meet up at my house. But, you know, like going to the park and having a picnic, going to like. Yeah, meeting up at bar. the podcast show. Like yeah, we had know. people called the Nigels who were all wanting to go by themselves and now they're all amazingly tight friends yes. because they and all so put beautiful. their hand up and said, I'm a Nigel. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any. I think I named them that. Yeah, I um, think you did. <laughs> they put their hand up and said, I'm going by myself. And yeah. that is such a brave thing to do I think so you know when we can get back out there there's Facebook groups for literally everything if you're a huge fan of a podcast and there's going to be a live show there will be so many people going by themselves that want to meet up at the pub beforehand or in the foyer or whatever like there's just there are so many ways and yeah I was going to suggest sport um as well like joining a sport group mm. joining like just any if you just really want to make friends and there's people offering extracurricular stuff at work like there might be a sport team at work or like hey anyone mm-hmm. want to go to the pub for lunch maybe you don't drink or maybe you yeah just ate lunch but just go anyway <laughs> <laughs> and just, maybe yeah. just ate lunch and they all saw it and you're like i'm having seconds i'm still having yeah. lunch no just, it's so true like, grab the opportunities yeah um that would be my advice 
as it is hard. You do, you do have to put yourself out there and that's mm. at the end of the day. And they're not going to all pan out. You're not going to be besties with every single person. Yes, because that was going to be my advice was. Yeah, don't put those high expectations yeah. on. Don't. And I've seen this happen with people where they'll sort of talk to me and be like, oh, like I don't really have any friends. I just don't really like anybody, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's when your expectation is too high and what you're looking for is either an instant friendship, bestie mm. friendship or that everybody you're friends with is going to be someone that you're obsessed with as a friend. And Mm. it doesn't really work that way. And I also find it takes a really long time to develop a true deep friendship. Like I now have friends, like my sister obviously, but then everyone else beyond that I think is is like a maybe like a six or seven-year mark, four or five years. And it takes Mm. quite a while I think with some people to really like foster that kind of super close friendship yeah the thing is until you actually get out there and give it a go and like really like invest in those friendships it won't happen and so you know like I said I always wanted a group it took years to get a group and this group didn't wasn't always a group it sort of almost slowly became a group where now built itself it wasn't you like going out and going you 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 and you come and join my group like that's not how it works and I invite everyone into the group. I literally will yeah. constantly be like, "I'll come to drinks. We're going. We're going yeah, to yeah. it's a cool person, and I think they would fit in. I'll just yes. like invite them." And I think that's the key. I think to mm. making friends as an adult is putting yourself out there actively, like making it kind of a job, like actively joining groups, mm. actively putting making work the into it. Yeah, turn up to that mum's group Zoom chat, put yep. in work. You put in the work. And then also to keep your expectations reasonable. Like what you really want is some companionship and a Mm -hmm. social life. And like, you know, I have friends that are party friends. I don't really see them outside of the party. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have friends that are like my walking friends where we walk and we talk very intensely about life, but it's really, really beneficial, but I wouldn't necessarily like invite them to my house party, you know? Yeah. And, (laughs) And I've got, you know, so I have so many different, types of friends in my life and I think that's what makes Mm. it so beautiful and so rich is that when you have you know all these different people who mean different things to you but you can't get that if you're kind of cookie cuttering what you think yes a friend looks like yes like you said like your 70 year old bestie like yes oh my god about age who gives a fuck about like you know any of that I think um I think when you open your mind a bit is when mm. you will make better friends. But yes, and I like use our podcast group to make friends. Just yes, fuck in God, a get in there for meetups or Tuck Zoom in a chats. Question, yeah, ask if people want to Zoom. Now's the time. People fucking can't even see their best friends. Like I am so excited. The singles bubble. Yeah. This is stale now, but it's been announced because <laughs> I get to go over to Al's house tomorrow because she nominated me, and I feel special. Yes, and. You know, we've been meeting up for walks, but now we can sit and have a wine, have some cheese and catch up. And we're not like powering around the park, pushing the stroller. Like it's just hang time and no one's getting that at the moment. So now's the time to put yourself out there virtually, like I said. But friends are important and it's, I think we put, we make it too complicated. Yeah. Because the end of the day, it's like if you're vibing with this person, they seem to be vibing with you then they're already a friend. It's just about then putting in a little bit of work to make it extracurricular if it's a work friend or outside of netball if that's where you met them or whatever it is, taking it 
into a real life meetup if they're an Instagram friend or online gaming. Like my brother made good friends online gaming. They're mm. still friends with like so many people out there across the world. So yeah. the world's your fucking friendship it, oyster. It is your friendship oyster. Um, <laughs> but if you have any more friendship tips for people mm. or if you have a fun story about manifesting a friendship like I did with Josie. <laughs> <laughs> just sort of mentally stalking them until yes. they're your friend. Um, you know, come to the group or Instagram. Yep. You can DM us on Instagram, which is doing great, sweetie. Doing. You'll figure it out. It's in the show notes. We've, it's in the we've, fucking show notes, I guys. I can't anymore with me- Stop pressuring us. Anything. Hang on. It's doing great underscore sweetie. There you go. And you, you know can email you, us. You can. There's so many ways to contact us. Stalk us. Like and we're the love, yes, friends love that you want to have. From you. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah, and I think, um, you know, stay upbeat about it. Um, can't wait to see you have 50 million friends. You'll have too many friends, yes. if anything. So you'll many friends. Overrun with friends. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. See ya. See ya.